It's not like any other podcast. Coming to you straight from the heartland, where investing is told like it is. It's time for Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. Hold on, because here comes the next episode of the Paranoid Banker Podcast. Uh, yeah, so you bring up a really good question that I get a lot. And we may as well talk about it because I get this question. This is probably the most asked question I've had over the last year, uh, quite frankly. And it uh, um, has to do with what you wanted to know. How? What's my feeling about the eviction moratorium? Um, it's ending as we're recording this. And as you guys are sitting here, it's the end of July. So it's ending in a couple of days. And what's my feeling about it? And I've got probably three or four things to kind of three or four different ways I can go on this. I'll just probably at least go a couple. Um, and the first one, first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to actually pat myself on the back here and credit myself with predicting how this would roll out. Um, I predicted if you go over and you look back on some of my past uh, podcasts, uh, some of the past um, uh, uh, things that we've had discussions about where I'm actually maybe like on record either being recorded or a podcast or maybe someone else's podcast. Uh, emails that I've sent out to you know some of you guys and probably some people watching on video or listening to. And uh, <clears throat> before I go any further, Last week, I started having like this congestion issue. Uh, no, it's not COVID, uh, this congestion issue. So I, I still kind of sound like I'm talking through a, um, through a straw. So I apologize for that. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, I predicted this, how it rolled out like pretty accurately. And my prediction was first of all, that it would start from, it would become a financial thing. So if you remember, so let's go back in time here on this eviction moratorium. Uh, And by the way, before I get into some of my um, observations and opinions on this, I can tell you without any kind of reservation or bullshit that we work very hard with residents to try to keep them in their apartment units. We work very hard to do that. The last thing we really want to do ever is evict somebody. So uh, the media and others like to do a good job of painting uh, apartment community owners, multifamily owners as, you know, people that sit up on their desk, you know, cigar in mouth and just like barking out orders and just cash and checks. And if you know anything about the multifamily business, you know that that's a bunch of horseshit too. Um, but that's that that's what's painted, and that's how the media and a lot of folks paint those of us that uh, have worked very very hard to um, you know be in the position that we're in as multifamily owners. So and this is active or passive, by the way. So that's just the way it is, and I'm, that's fine. Okay, fine. Um, <clears throat> but we work very hard to avoid evictions. We don't want to do it. It costs us a lot of time, staff time, 
unbelievable amount of staff time, paperwork, um, appointments, uh, post notices created, posted, mailed, going to you know the small claims hearing, keeping up to date with landlord tenant law. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Why would anybody have any fun? Okay, uh, and in terms of spending their time, and it's not profitable at all. So not only does it suck, you don't have any fun doing it, it's not profitable. It's a money-losing game going through eviction. Um, and, and it's just a huge time suck. So we avoid it at almost all costs. And this isn't the time or place to tell you what we do, but I just want to tell you before I give you my opinion, that's our process. I don't want your rental deposit. I don't want to evict you. We do everything we can to avoid it. Okay, so that's like the backdrop. And so I predicted a long time ago, early last year, um, I want to say like April, May of last year, um, 2020, when this first broke, is this will go, so let me back up and just kind of grease the skids for you here, okay? What is the reason why the CDC issued the mandate of eviction moratorium, no evictions. Do you remember what the reason was? <coughs> Excuse me, I ask people this question today and a lot of people don't know the answer. Um, what do you think the reason was? The reason was to stop the spread, right? Stop the spread, stop the spread of COVID. We can't have evicted residents who are having trouble because of employment um, out on the streets uh, uh, in, in, in infecting everybody. Do you remember this? This was the reason. I predicted back then it's gonna go, it's gonna jump from that to a financial reason. I predicted it. And I've been saying over the months that you're gonna see more and more of this. So if, you, if you've been even looking at your media, you know every time an inch closer to the moratorium being lifted, there was a story about somebody down on their luck that was going to be evicted, you know, and then, uh, you know, they extend the moratorium again and again and again, and every time there's always a story about somebody that's going to be evicted, you know, some sob story about that. And the funny thing is about most of those stories is there's always two sides to the story. You don't really hear the other side about what was going on there, uh, you know, what happened to stimulus money why wasn't that used what happened to unemployment what happened to all of those opportunities working with the you know there, there wasn't those conversations um that was all kind of glossed over and uh, again that's just the way that things are set up um whether you like it or not so i predicted it would be a financial situation so you fast forward to today and here's the absolute um this is just funny to me it's almost comical so again, we're a few days away from the moratorium being lifted, right? And it will be lifted. And the main reason it'll be lifted, I'll get to that in a second. And I'll tell you why it's being lifted and why it never should have been put in place in the first place. It has nothing to do with people caring for people and having a soft heart and all that. It has nothing to do with that. But I'll tell you why it should, it should not even have been put in place. Um, so here we are now and 
there's, for example, you know, there's a lot of people crying for the eviction to the ban to act now be extended like for whatever, the fourth or fifth time. Because we've got the new variant that's starting to kind of, you know, uh, get out there. Well, here's like a few things that have changed dramatically since a year ago. Okay. Number one, vaccinations. There is no reason why you should not be vaccinated. Now, this is not a political statement. I'm just saying, if you're afraid of stopping the spread, the vaccines are free, they're easy to get, and they're available. So there's no reason we should have any kind of concern about stopping the spread because everybody can be vaccinated now. Everybody. It's free, it's easy, and you can, you can do it today. You want to go to uh, the pharmacy today, you can get vaccinated. That's number one. Number two, everybody's hiring. Everybody. There is a almost unprecedented, almost unprecedented shortage of employees right now. You can fog a mirror. You can walk in um, uh, high, drunk, um, and haven't taken a shower for three months, and you're going to get hired somewhere, pretty much. Okay? So there's no reason not to be working. None. Um, there may be some exceptions. Maybe you've got a disability. Maybe there's something like that going on. Sure. But just in general, you can get vaccinated and you can find a job paying probably a pretty good wage right now without really much of a problem. So financial, there's really no reason not to be making money in this country right now as an employee working for somebody. Everybody's hiring. As a matter of fact, a buddy of mine told me this morning over a meeting that he's working with two companies that want to build big buildings um, and expand their businesses, but they can't. You want to know why? They've got the funding. They've got the support. They're ready to go, but they can't get people to apply to work for them. They can't find employees. Okay, so there's, there's no reason, um, <coughs> excuse me, for really a lot of people and there's going to be a few exceptions to not be able to work. I mean, the panhandler with the sign on the corner saying, you know, we'll work for, you know, help me. There's no reason why the panhandler can't be working somewhere. Everybody's hiring. Everybody. Okay. So everybody's hiring. Jobs are plentiful. Wages are up. Wages are fantastically up and you can get vaccinated with no problem. So tell me why there should be an extension in the moratorium now, tell me why. There's no good reason why. There's no reason why. The only reason is because apartment community owners have now been placed as in as a safety net. And the only reason now that is is because um, there are many people that want to keep the apartment community owners as the safety net. As one of the safety nets. That's what it's become. And that should not be the case. Uh, now, I'm not saying that there should there should not be a some kind of a temporary safety net for, for people. Um, but to now marshal the apartment community owner in as a safety net 
only because the resident, the person lived there during the time COVID hit. It's the only reason why. So you're telling me I have to now have someone live in my community without paying anything, any kind of rent, using all of the resources, using everything that they can use for absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing, and I should be okay with that. How many of you would have somebody come into your home, come into your apartment, and live there for free, for nothing? Use, eat, use all your resources. Of course, you would never do that. You would never do that. But that's what is on the table right now. Um, that's what's on the table. And apartment community owners should not be the, the safety net never should have been the safety net but that's what's evolved okay that's what's evolved and again there's no reason not to eliminate it because there's no reason for anybody to have any kind of vaccination any kind of job or work on themselves in order to make things better for them rather than sitting in their apartment for as long as they can for free Okay, for free. Now, as I mentioned before, here's why the eviction moratorium never should have been put in place. And the main reason the Supreme Court has said it's illegal. It has nothing to do with financial stuff. It has nothing to do with COVID. It has everything to do with private property rights. That's what it is. It's a property issue. Okay, it's a private property issue. So let's let me remind everybody of a couple of things. Uh, an apartment community owner, a landlord, that's his or her or their property. They own it. They have done everything by the law to own that property. That's theirs. They are allowing someone temporarily to use an apartment in their property. Okay, they're allowing them to use it or rent that apartment. Okay, who owns the property? The landlord does, the apartment community owner does. Who is using it temporarily? The resident is. Okay, so what the Supreme Court is basically saying is you cannot infringe on somebody else's private property rights and take over their personal and private property if you don't own the property. That's the main point of this. Think of it this way. Um, let's say we're neighbors, we're neighbors, okay? And my car doesn't work. It's broke down, I tried to start it, it's not working. You've got a car in your driveway, you see I'm having problems. You say, hey, do you need a car? How about if I loan you my car? Now I own the car, you don't, but you know what? Let me loan you the car. I'm gonna loan you the car. Okay, great. So you loan me the car. I use your car. Then um, I make the decision as I'm using your car um, not to return it to you. Okay, I'm just going to keep on using it. I'm not going to return it to you. How would you feel about that? 
I've gone from, yeah, thanks for letting me use it, to, you know what, I really kind of like using it, and I don't have to make the car payments. I don't have to pay for the car insurance. Um, uh, I might have to maybe put a little gas in it, uh, but I don't have to pay for any of this. This is great. Um, maybe I'll use it for as long as I can and not return it. So I pull it in my driveway, not yours. Um, I change the locks on it so you can't get in it. And now I'm using your car. Now, how many of us would put up with that for like a day? Nobody would. Why? Because it's a private property issue. It's a private property issue. It's your car. You should do what you want to with your car. If you want to let somebody use it, fine, but, but, but it's your car. Okay? And to allow someone to use somebody else's private property and, um, and then not expect to get it back while you continue to bleed thousands of dollars is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and the main reason why a lot of people think that that's okay is because the apartment community owners can afford it. And I got a comment about that too um, here in a second. So it doesn't make sense. And that's why you know the Supreme Court finally said, look, I mean, this is a private property issue. You can't be taking people's property and you staying in it for as long as you think you need to stay in it. Um, somebody, another authority can't come in and say, hey, you can use Frank's property for as long as you want for, and yeah, it's unprecedented, COVID's different, it's new, it's, it's something we've never seen before, but that does not negate someone's right to their private property. It doesn't. It's still their property. Whether it's a car, whether it's a duplex, whether it's a 400 unit apartment community, it's theirs, okay? And they're just allowing someone to use it, okay? It's a private property issue. So that's why they decided. And that's why it never, never should have, um, have been allowed because it's a private property issue. All right, so there was a couple things. Um, now let's talk about the landlords can afford it because that's that's the underlying theme of all this and the underlying undercurrent and everything as well you know the landlords can afford it anyway so they should they shouldn't have any problem with you know allowing people to live there rent free or pay just a fraction of rent or not collect rent because you know those those dirty those dirty guys those dirty scumbags whatever they can afford it anyway um, and again, that's completely horseshit, but it's the, it, it, it's the common thing. So when you think that way, there's really no difference with that. If, if you go for that and if you buy into that, if you buy into, well, the landlord or the apartment community owner can afford it, so they should just suck it up and just deal with it. Then you buy into walking into Whole Foods store today, Whole Foods, filling your cart up with as much food as you want, walking out without paying for it. That's shoplifting. That's theft, right? But Whole Foods, billion dollar company, owned by Jeff Bezos, okay? Amazon owns Whole Foods. Great food, 
right? And everybody, everybody should have access to this great food, right? Everybody should. So if I want to go in there, fill my cart up with food, and walk out without paying, I should be able to. Why? Because billionaire Bezos can afford it, right? I should be able to do that. Um, I should be able to go into Walmart on my way home from this, from our meeting, Walmart, and, you know, I want to go fishing this weekend. I need some fishing line, um, I need some hooks, and I need some sinkers, okay? But, you know, the, um, the, uh, um, um, Walton family is, uh, Billionaires, they're billionaires. So, you know, I'm I, I, I'm not a billionaire. They're much higher than I am on the on the on the on the ladder of wealth. Okay, they can really afford it. Okay, um, I, I, I'm, I just want some sinkers and some hooks. So I should be able to go in there, put sinkers and hooks and fishing line in my cart, and walk out. I should be able to do that and not pay. Right? Well, once again, that's shoplifting. There's no way anybody would be able to do that. But when it comes to multifamily owners, we have a different perception of that because it's somebody's living quarters, don't we? Well, they live there. They should be able to live wherever they want. A human has a right to live, right to have a roof over their head. I don't, I don't disagree with someone having... Um, uh, having the right to have a roof over their head, but you can't infringe on somebody else and make it their roof over your head. Right? It shouldn't be my roof over your head. That should not be the case. Uh, I might allow you to rent my property and to put a roof over your head, but I don't owe you a free roof. That's your problem. Okay? Y you know, you get... You get what you deserve and what you work for, not what you need. Last I checked. And so if you want a roof over your head, you should have one. My God, everybody should have a roof over their head. But that doesn't mean you should have mine. Get your own roof. Okay? Find it somewhere else. And so, uh, you know, landlords, are there, you know, they can afford it. And, you know, these residents, they're poor, they can't. Well, if you buy into that, then they should be able to walk over to the Ford dealership across the street, okay, because those guys are freaking rich, right, and drive off the lot with the vehicle. I mean, the guy's only pulling in $18 an hour, so he should be able to go in there, grab a car, um, use it for as long as he wants, not pay for it, not pay for anything, and use the car, right? Well, if you don't buy into anything I just said about the Whole Foods, the Walmart, and getting your car and all that, you can't buy into what I'm talking about here with the landlords and community owners being able to afford it. Because it's all the same thing. You see, someone's economic position in this world, it's all relative. Compared to what? You know, somebody that's having that's that's making 25k a year and struggling to make ends meet, 
Um, they may not be doing that great on the financial ladder, but they're doing a lot better than the homeless veteran who's got schizophrenia and can't figure shit out and is living, you know, in, you know, which bridge is the guy living under every, you know, every night. There's a huge difference there. Right? So why isn't the 25K person letting this schizophrenic homeless veteran live in their car? Right? Or live in there or letting them live in there for free in their tent or in their apartment? It's all relative. All of it. Um, and there's a whole direction we can go on this topic that I'm not going to go. I just want to stick with what we're talking about with the eviction moratorium okay and so like i said before um i predicted we'd get to this point i also predicted it wouldn't last it did last a little longer than i thought i did predict it would go from being a stop the spread problem to a financial problem um and i did predict the media would be really on top of this because it, it of course gives them great stuff to talk about um so where do i think it's going to go uh, you've not heard the last of this. You've not heard the last of this. So uh, there will be areas in the country now that will impose their own local moratoriums. It's coming. Okay, you heard it here like first, maybe. It's coming. So it's expiring federally. The Supreme Court has said no, but you're going to have areas, certain municipalities in some areas start to bend and mold this into another form of safety net for landlords and apartment community owners in those areas. It's coming. There's already discussions going on about this. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Okay. So what do you do? Um, excuse me, as a investor, as a multifamily owner, um, what do you do? Uh, well, number one, you need to be paying attention uh, and know what's going on, uh, know what the laws are, and not like by, the, you know, not to the letter, to the paragraph, but at least have a general idea what's going on where uh, with apartment communities and areas that you own apartments. Number two, if there's a lesson that you should have learned, it should be this. It makes a big damn difference where you own your apartment community as to how you are treated as someone that owns their own apartment community. I have partners that own properties in some states that wish they didn't own them in those states. Okay. I mean, it's horrific what's going on. Uh, under the guise of the stuff that we just talked about. I got some that are glad that they own apartment communities where they own them. I got some that are like, oh my God, this is terrible. Because if you think that this COVID thing is a one-off thing and something like this is not going to happen again, like it or similar to it, you're wrong. There will be other stuff coming. So you need to be thinking about that, that this isn't just going to stop. The variant, who knows what's going to happen with this variant. And by the way, that's not to say there might not be another one that comes along. And then another one that comes along, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, 
So you've got to be thinking of these things. You've got to be thinking of these things. Um, and so, uh, like I said, the last thing I'll say about it is <clears throat> there are residents that we work with that are really trying hard, really working their asses off to make everything work out for them, for their families. And those are the kind of people that we're working with, um, and you know this, with um, you know in the apartment communities that we own. We are working with these folks. Um, but on the other hand, if you are just taking advantage to take advantage, if you're not doing anything to make things better, to get to a better position than you are, if, if you're just sitting around, I'll call it, we do not have the time for you. <clears throat> There's only so much we're going to do. The rest is up to you. Okay, And if you're not going to do what's necessary to help yourself, then, you know, we have conversations that, you know, you probably need to find a home somewhere else where someone will allow you to do that. But for those people that are really working hard and trying to do everything they can, yeah, we're definitely working with those people. So some things to think about. Those are my comments on the eviction moratorium. At least a few, a few. I've had a lot of people ask me about it. Now you know my position on that. Um, knowing what I know and seeing what I see on a daily basis doing what I do. And, uh, and that's where we're at with that. All right, there you go. Thanks for joining Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.garmanblog.com. Thanks for joining Darren Garman's Paranoid Banker Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.garmanblog.com.